Hi, I'm Abigail. And I'm Dabney. Welcome, Welcome to, to You vs. You, a space where we give permission to talk openly about things no one talks about. And everything we wish we would have known when we were younger that we know now. The only thing we know for sure is that we don't know it all. Okay, guys, welcome back to You vs. You. Um, today, we are going to be talking about finances, and I think it's a topic that, I mean, it's ultimately, at the end of the day, finances kind of run our lives with jobs and stress, and it's a huge pain point in relationships. Um, so anyways, we're just going to cover like what we wish we would have known, and um, so Daphne, do you want to go ahead and start us out? Yeah, I would definitely say... Abigail and I are going to kind of go over things that we've learned through experience. Um, we are not financial advisors or giving you any sort of advice of what you should do. We just want to put out there the things that we have learned that maybe could help you um, through our struggles and things that we have attained knowledge-wise through our careers and little things like that. So to start off, I think the first thing we kind of want to talk about is like credit cards and credit score. One thing that always irritates me is they don't teach you this stuff in school. Never. I mean, they teach you in math class. You learn about triangles and <laughs> dumb things like that. But do we ever learn about credit score? No. Never. And what's so interesting to me is, for example, so I opened up property management with my real estate license. Um, just another segue of my business. And it's so interesting to me, which I'm like, oh my gosh, why is nobody talking about this? Is I got these renters into a house that I'm managing and their rent is more expensive than their mortgage would be, like significantly so. And the house is like a dump. Like it just blows my mind that they're paying, but they have a shitty credit score. And like they, I mean, and I'm like, if you guys maybe would have learned how to like use credit cards or like learned about your credit score and they're our age they're like 20 like mid 20s mm -hmm. um and it just it's costing them so much money which is crazy yeah well and i think that's exactly right is people get themselves in a bind just because of lack of knowledge yes so if they would teach us these things which isn't fair absolutely yes right. i mean if they would teach us this thing these things i feel like a lot of people would be in better situations starting mm -hmm. out younger in life 100%. i think the problem is that you get into your later 20s and then you start caring about it and realizing what a hole you could have dug yourself in and you have to spend years digging yourself out of it when you're at like your prime to like start building financial wealth long-term right. in your 20s. Absolutely. So when I bought my house when I was 25, um, so to put it into perspective, I graduated college in 2018. And then, so I was, I think, 23, 24. Anyways, 23. I, know math, right? <laughs> I don't even remember how long it was. But anyways, I graduated and then I was working up at a co-working space. I was working for a startup company. That was my first gig out of college. And a guy in Cheyenne that flips houses and is like very into like finance, like wealth and abundance and all this stuff. And he's very well versed in it was like, oh, what credit card do you have? And I was like, credit card. And so I was like, this is after college and everything. I'm like, I don't have a credit card. 
those are bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so I was just always taught that credit cards were bad and like never to have them. And he was like, literally like right now. And he had, I think it was when the Apple card just came out and he was like, get the Apple card. Um, you need to start building your credit. Cause if you use a debit card, you pay off all your bills. Mm-hmm. So you know, you're good for your, and I was like, oh my gosh. So you should have a credit card if you pay off your bills every month because it builds your credit. I had no idea. Right. So anyways, I got an Apple card and then a couple of years later I got a Discover card and then I have a Target card. So I have three credit cards. Mm-hmm. Every month they're paid off in full. Um, and when I bought my house, my mom had added me as like a authorized, a, authorized user. user on her Discover card when I was probably in high school. So my credit score was 789 when I bought my house mm-hmm. and I had never had a credit card or anything, but it was because of her credit history. Right. So anyways, it's huge mm-hmm. to get a credit card and be responsible about it because that will save you. Right. And that's exactly how I started out too, is when I was still in high school, right? When I turned 18, my dad added me on his card as the authorized user. And that just set me up for so much more success. And I'm a huge advocate for that. If you have parents who can do that for you, definitely do that. Especially because when you're on their credit card, it's the same credit line. So maybe they'll give you an allowance, but you also don't even have to have your own credit card. Right. With me, it was nice because I was in college. So he gave me my own credit card and allowed me to use it for gas. And it, so he would pay it off, but right. you would be using it. Exactly. Absolutely. I so too. I kind of had sort of like a gas allowance, which was nice. Me too. And that's all I used it for. <laughs> you charge it a little bit, you pay it off. And that, mm-hmm. and then I was able to get my own credit card when I first got my first job. And that really helped me with my financial goals. I mean, not even a year or two after that. Yeah. So if you can do something like that, huge advocate for it. 100%. But, and I think credit cards are like, and I've had friends too in high school and college and they were like, oh, I've, I'm in $10,000 of debt right now on credit cards. And I'm like, what? Like, but they just got one in college, mm-hmm. I think, or right out of high school when they had their freedom and they went into like Victoria's Secret and got their bullshit credit card right. and just had no idea how to use it. So anyways, on the note of credit cards and credit, if you can understand how to use a credit card... It will help you tremendously. Yeah, and educate yourself. There's so much education out there. And obviously, they're not going to teach it to us in school. So it's on no. us to teach ourselves, you know. <laughs> so ask questions to maybe someone you know or trust mm-hmm. or maybe someone in a career that could help you that understands that. But if not, I mean, use Google, use TikTok, use There's whatever. so many resources. So no, many there's things. There's no excuses not to know. But absolutely, I had no idea how much. And now... I, Obviously, being in the real estate industry, I'm very attuned to it. Mm-hmm. And so um, your, like, credit score, it just – it can make or break if you want to make your payment every month. Like, right. it just influences so many things that people have no idea about right. down the road. And so. financing things. I mean, what you're doing now could – greatly affect a purchase that you're going to make in 10 years. 100%. That's a good point too. Yeah. I would just say educate yourself and be responsible. Like you mentioned, using your cards responsibly is going to set you up for success, but using them irresponsibly is going to dig you in a hole that's going to take you a really long time to get out of. Exactly. So I'm curious, like on your side of things, when you, for example, let's say I come in and I want to buy a house and I have $10,000 left on my 
car to pay off. And let's say my car payment, a lot of people's car payments right now are like outrageous. Oh like yeah. $900. So let's say for example, I have a $900 car payment. And do you recommend people like paying off their debt before they buy a house or keeping the debt and keep like what if you understand my question right yeah no absolutely so i what i like to do is when somebody comes in seeing how much they can qualify with the debt because then they could use if they have to use money out of their savings to pay the debt off that's money they could use towards the purchase of the house Mm -hmm. so i'd like to look at that first because with credit cards we qualify based on the minimum payment due So if you have $10,000 balance, but your minimum payment's only $100 a month, we only hit you for $100 a month debt to income ratio. Mm, Got it. Okay. So if you can qualify with that $100, then we'll leave it. But if you can't, then that's when we would go down the route of recommending paying that off. Got it. So that's why a lot of people don't pay off their vehicles and stuff because it usually doesn't really impact their payment capacity. And the thing is, is... When you come in to buy a house, if you're willing to buy a little bit less of a house to ha- still have that debt and not pay it off, mm-hmm. then that might put you in a little bit of a better position than if you're mm-hmm. set on, I'm going to get a $350,000 house, but you haven't even talked to a lender to see what you could qualify for right. yet. And when you're stuck on that per- specific purchase price, that's when you really have to work things and right. go into considering like paying your car off and things like that. Right. Because so, a lot of people are like, well, my if my car payment's 900 if I pay my car off, then can't I use that $900 I'm not paying now towards my mortgage payment? Right. And does that not translate really? Right. And I mean, if you need the money, definitely, because you're not going to qualify with the payment if you need that extra yeah, money a month. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. I don't, I think that it's so interesting to me that like, we go to work every day because we're trying to make money to pay our bills mm-hmm. and every like eat and put food on our table. But nobody really talks about like, like you, so budgeting mm-hmm. that we were talking about earlier today is, do you use a budget? I don't use a budget. Yeah. So I used to use a budget, but I don't now because I make commission income. So it's hard for me to think, what am I going to make this month? Thanks. You know? So I mean, generally... I write down my bills. So every okay. I write down what I need for my bills every month. And then I take that amount versus what I made that month and kind mm-hmm. of subtract it out and then mm-hmm. realize how much money I have left and what I want to invest it in, what savings accounts to put it in. Right. So it's like I have a general outline, but not like a budget. Nothing, yeah. And that just helps me be aware. Right. You know, I think budgets are great if it works for you. But I also don't think it's the tell-all for what you need to do with your money. Right. That makes sense, too. And especially touching on the subject of investing, what do you do? That was a whole other thing I have no idea about yeah. and still I'm learning. But I read a book a few years ago called I Will Teach You How to Be Rich by Ramit something. I don't even know how to say his name. But he was like, you can literally open up like an IRA by yourself. And so I just went on to like Schwab.com for Charles Schwab and then opened up an IRA, I think. And then the next chapter was like, okay, once you have your IRA opened, you start pulling money from your savings account each month to put into that. Mm -hmm. But that money then you and Charles Schwab or whatever – platform you use you have to go invest it into mutual funds and then 
each month it's automatic. Right. So I have a mutual fund that's in an IRA, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like a Roth IRA? Yes. The there's So there's a Roth and then there's an IRA. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other subject. Yep. I, I'm not well versed <laughs> in. Um, like pre-tax, post-tax of what money you're putting in there. But I don't know. It just goes into, and I have like Exxon stock that my mom had gifted me. I have a mutual fund and like an index fund, I think. Mm -hmm. And I started that probably maybe five years ago. And it has like $12,000 in it. And I put $100 a month into it. That's smart. So that's what I do in that side of things. With my real estate career, I don't have a 401k. Mm -hmm. Retire. I have none of that yeah. at all. So I don't know if you have any. Yeah. So through my company, I do have a 401k match. Okay. So what I like to do is put in the percentage into my Roth IRA. I, I switched from a regular IRA to a Roth IRA for tax purposes. Okay. So definitely if your company offers both, look into tax versus non-tax and what's going to mm -hmm. be best for you. Ask the questions because at first I didn't. And I think I, I wasted so much money on taxes that, and I didn't even realize that's money that I could have been putting mm -hmm. back into but my retirement, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I do have a company match. And what they do is they match a percentage up to a certain dollar amount. Okay. So I think it's whatever percent up to three or $6,000 a year. Okay. So if they put in 6,000, if I put in 6,000, then they put in 6,000 as well. That's and then it tops good. out. So that's just an example, but that's what I do for my retirement. And I think it's so, so important to at least start some sort of quote unquote retirement fund when you're young. Yes. Because you have way more years, way, yes. way more years to set that up for yourself and set that up for your retirement in your future. And if you just, if you wait till you're 30, till you're 40, then you're just adding on more years. You're still going to have to work. Yes. And I think too, when I think about it and I see it all the time on like Pinterest and stuff like, oh, you want to be a millionaire? If you start at 25 and put $100 a month into a IRA or a mutual fund, I think it is, by the time you're 65, you'll have a million dollars because of, um, com uh, what is it called? When you're like um, growing wealth, like without doing anything, I'm trying to think of <laughs> yeah. what I, the word I'm looking for. But um, anyways, uh I also think like that $100 a month, I don't even think about it or anything, but think of all like all the stupid shit you would do as an oh, extra yeah. hundred, like yeah. buy stuff you don't need. And then all of a sudden time goes by fast. And then you have like this nice nest egg that you probably might really need one day. Mm -hmm. And it's a no brainer. Right. Absolutely. Being in this industry too, I've seen Compound a lot of interest. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people be able to even like pull from their retirement if you need to in order to buy a house, Yep. in order to buy a car. You know, if you get yourself in a bind or if you're in a situation where you're like, okay, we need to, uh, we need to upsize our house because we're having a kid, we're having two kids, Yeah. it's just our house is too small, we need something bigger, but we don't have the money in savings or you don't want to drain your savings. You can borrow from your retirement. Yeah. And pay yourself back over the years. And that's, I, do you have a life insurance policy? I do, yes. So I do too. And I have like the whole term and how it was explained to me, which I also feel like I'm a dumbass about it all. So maybe <laughs> I need to go like review all my stuff with someone. But it was explained to me that if I needed to, I could borrow against my life insurance and then I act as the bank. Mm -hmm. So I put $200 a month into my life insurance, which 
I can cash out at some point too right. without getting a big fee. Don't really know how that works. I think when you're 65 or something, yeah. you can tap into it if you need to. Um, and it invests into the top 10 like index mm-hmm. funds or um, S&P 500 companies. Yep. And so that was like, I think that's a smart move too. Absolutely. Life insurance. And, and I've seen people even use that as down payments and closing yes, costs for so houses. You, that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. You can somehow you can use that right. for your um, other investments in yeah. real estate and stuff. So I had no idea about any of this until I started reading and like looking at YouTube videos mm-hmm. just within the last decade. So anyways, it's very important. To do your own research. Well, yeah, and invest in yourself because nobody else is investing in you. Nobody. And I think that's a that's a huge point that I like to make on buying a house is why spend all your money investing it into somebody else while you're renting when you could be investing that money into yourself? 100%. I mean, a house is the one thing that gains equity over the years no matter what. Yeah, so on that note, I'm glad you brought that up. So... Um, Brad and I were in like a little tiff the other day because he, Cheyenne, um, is growing like crazy and our homes are relatively so much more expensive Mm -hmm. than they used to be, which that's pretty much everywhere. But Cheyenne, especially in Wyoming is, um, it's just expensive now to put it in layman's terms. So we're looking at this house, um, it's listed for 340. And it means like it's a full renovation, essentially. It's mm-hmm. a good area. And I'm really trying to get Brad to like pull the trigger on it because um, Brad is a teacher. So he has steady income and I want him on the loan and not me because mm-hmm. with my commission, it just makes things like it just makes more sense to, for him to be on the loan. Absolutely. So anyways, but he's like, he's not about it. And he's like, well, this is kind of bullshit because he pays like the mortgage and the house bills each month for my house and then I pay daycare and groceries and everything else for the house so it kind of evens out each month Mm -hmm. but he was like well this is bullshit because with your commission checks you were supposed to be like putting those away and then I'm covering the house bills and then it was supposed to even out so when we're ready to buy a house like we have some we and we have a joint account that we've put like 35,000 in together for a down payment. Mm-hmm. So anyways, to make this story not so confusing, he was like, <laughs> your job is tough. My job is easy with finances. Um, and I used all my money that I was saving for <laughs> a brand new forerunner in <laughs> December. Mm-hmm. Not calculated at all with my finances, which I'm glad we're talking about this because I wish I would have known about like just being more calculated with that. I right. didn't want a car payment. And right. now I know having a car payment is not the worst thing. Mm-hmm. I'm so dumb. So anyways, I drained like $40,000 that I had been saving <laughs> for our family. But with all this being said, I was like, well, my house, we're going to sell my house when we buy the new one. And I will make about $100,000 mm-hmm. off of it when I sell it. And I'm like, where do you think that money is going? Like, that in itself is a nest egg just growing equity. Absolutely. So very long-winded approach to say <laughs> if you can afford a home to just get into it, it's a way, another bucket to be saving money. Absolutely. Yeah. When I used to work at a car dealership, so I think about like buying a car versus buying a home. Like some people think of like a car like, well, 
it's sort of an investment, right? Because like I need it, I'm using it for my family, blah, blah, blah. But no, a car is the one thing that loses equity the second you drive it off the lot. Right. And a home is the one thing that the second you get you walk through the front door, you're building equity for yourself. Right. You're investing in yourself. Right. And um, I mean, obviously, there's a lot that goes into it. But like you said, with Cheyenne booming, it's such a good place because it's growing so much. Exactly. So more so, people are attracted to it. Equity is on the rise, you know. Exactly. So that's where I try to really swing it. It's like, okay, if we bought this house for even less than 340 because there's room for negotiating now in our market, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, and if we put in, like, let's say $80,000 into it, by the time we want to sell it in probably, like, five years, we would still probably be – we would be making money on absolutely it's more of just a stepping stone and that's how a lot of i and that's how i think about a lot of these things is they're stepping stones for your future life absolutely i think back when i was 18 also a dumbass not knowing (laughs) anything (laughs) and i just think of like if i would have just known at 18 what i know now dude i could have been so much further like when like saved yourself so much time yes yeah yeah when I bought my house I think I had ten thousand dollars total to my name and I remember going in and talking to my lender and being like I think I have ten thousand dollars what can I do with that I had no idea about like and so now that's so funny to me thinking I have like I just wish I would have been had the foresight when I was younger right to be like you're going to buy a house one day because that's a smart move. Mm -hmm. Maybe let's try to like work multiple jobs and like not fuck off so much and like have (laughs) like $50,000 instead of like nothing essentially. Right. So anyways, it's all hindsight, but. Yeah. Well, and I just, I like to talk about homes as an investment, obviously, because this is what we do for a career, but there's so many other ways that you can invest in yourself too. Just find what works. I mean, that's, as long as you're doing something, you're setting yeah. yourself up way more than if you're going to be doing nothing. Right. You know. Um. Do you, I don't know if you have an opinion on like people that buy gold and silver and like keep it in a safe. What is your, do you have any opinion on that? Shoot, I've never even thought about that. But but I mean, hey, at least you're doing something. Because <laughs> Brad is like, he said that's like a huge hedge against inflation is like gold and silver. Yeah, I can and see I'm that. And I'm like, I would never go and like buy gold and silver coins and like keep them in a safety deposit box or whatever yeah Um, but anyway so i didn't know if you ever have clients that people come in and they're like i can go liquidate gold and silver that i've had and it's like gained that's that's super interesting i've never honestly come across that but i mean if it's a way that you have something that's making money i mean yeah honestly yeah (sighs) i don't know i think too in like I've listened to a lot of podcasts about like recession proofing right yourself um and to me how I understand it is like you want to invest in things that cash flow and like for example like plumbing electrical like construction work is recession proof Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day everyone's gonna need a place to live everyone needs a toilet everyone needs electricity yeah so anyways i'm like oh that's and i have not invested in any of that but i'm like oh that's pretty smart too is Mm -hmm. to tap into these companies that right you know what's funny on that note i don't know if this really has much to do with investing but talking about a recession 
I heard a while back is the three things that every woman especially, but mostly every human being will still buy in a recession when they have no money is makeup, coffee, and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, pe- women aren't going to go without their makeup. That's no. And that's people aren't going to go out without their caffeine and their alcohol. I so. always wonder that too. I thought the other day and I was like, I wonder like, when tough times hit a female especially mm-hmm. i'm like do they still get like their eyelashes done and their nails done right and their lips done i'm like i think they do yeah because i think that's a hard thing for women to look past like that's part of their identity that's their so image. that's actually yeah <laughs> that's interesting on that topic that you say that because like on months where I'm tighter for money, that's the first things that I cut out. Same. Like, and I haven't I, had my nails done. Like, I can't even remember. Oh my gosh, mine was like my wedding last year. Yeah, <laughs> it was for the wedding. Yes, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm not very big on needing to get my nails done, needing to do all of those things. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm all that girly. And yeah. I get my hair done once a year pretty much. Yep. But those are the first things that I would always look to cut out is like, what am I spending my money on that I could be saving? Right. You know, and that's your nail. Those things are expensive. expensive. I remember I used to like get my eyelashes glued on, <laughs> like the eyelash extensions, and it would be like $150. Yes. Yeah. And I just am like, no way, dude. It's not. And I like my natural lashes and I feel like those things jack my lashes up anyways but anyways it's that's a whole industry probably to tap yeah. into yeah so it's like when you're tighter on money and you're thinking okay i have literally paid all my bills and i have no money mm-hmm. i can't do anything until my next paycheck in two weeks or maybe you get paid monthly cut out the fat yes look at the dumb shit you're spending your money on 100 i mean in little things yeah. like Think about Netflix. Not dude. There's no one person that only has Netflix now. Now you have Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, Peacock, whatever. And <laughs> like, think how many. So what Brad and I do, I'm curious what you and Matt do, is we go and we like cycle through it. Like he'll delete Netflix one month and then we'll get Hulu a month and we'll watch whatever. And then we keep cycling and we just delete them. Right. Like each subscription. And we only have like one at a time. Because we're like, the, it's all the same stupid shit, it too. Is. Like, let's be real. And then you can use those free trials. <laughs> like, use your 30-day free trial. <laughs> Cancel. Yeah. I know. So, anyways, mm. there's hacks. I guess if you want to call them hacks, to me, it's kind of just like common sense. But, yeah, like, if there's anything, if you really are like – and that's what this author that wrote this book that I'd read, I'll Teach You How to Be Rich, he was like, it's not your Starbucks that's making you poor. Mm-hmm. It's that you don't – understand where all your money is going to that's the big picture exactly like yeah that is probably true it's not like the five dollar like coffee which yeah i guess could add up if you do that every day but it's like the cop you go it's like the starbucks and then the eyelashes and then the nails and then the hair and then the hair extensions Mm -hmm. and speaking mainly for women but um anyways if you're in a tight spot and maybe look at some of the stuff Absolutely. that you could live without. You know what? It's like, and you said that's basically for women. For men, it's like, look how much money you spend on these video games. It's exact, I mean, yeah. Matt and I bought a Nintendo Switch so we could play Super Mario Bros. <laughs> and 
the games are like fifty dollars per yeah. game. So it's, and then you want the newest and the best edition that comes out, and you're spending fifty dollars a game, that you know, all yeah. the time. And sometimes fifty dollars is the minimum. Well, and on that note too, is think of like your gym membership. Sometimes, like the other day, I went into the gym and I like looked across the cardio section, and I was like, this is so weird. Like humans are like robots. I was like. If you just canceled your gym membership, which I love the gym, so that's probably talking to myself here, um, and just went outside and went for, like, walks mm -hmm. and runs, and you're getting the sunlight, and you're outside. Yeah. Go to the park. You can do pull-ups and push-ups, and you could probably be better off outside than your $50 a month gym membership. Right. Um, but anyways, we're just, like, in a weird world where we have all these expenses, and I don't think everyone understands where all their money is going to. But Yeah. Well, and like you said – just be money aware because being money aware is either going to set yourself up for success or failure yep. if you're completely unaware of where your money's going. 100%. And especially when you think you have money when your bills aren't paid. That is the one thing that will always, always, always have you living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Is you're spending your money before your bills are paid. Yeah. I mean, pay your bills first and then see what you have left to for, for your fun money and what you can do with it. And think of you might need to think of your investments, your retirement, your savings as a bill. If you're if you're the type of person that can't have a savings without touching it, then you might need to consider thinking mm -hmm. of that as that's a bill I, and maybe put it somewhere yourself. where you can't see it. Mm -hmm. Open an account in a different place than your checking accounts at yeah. so you don't see it every month. That's a good point. You got to I feel like money is really tied to your personality. Yeah. So get to know yourself and figure out what works best for you and do that. Yeah, money it's very interesting and I Brad and I talk about this a lot too is I'm very much like money comes and goes. Like it's like an energy like I get kind of woo woo about it of like it always comes when I need it. I pay like it'll always come back and mm -hmm. I'm very like liberal with it as far as what I do and Brad's more like tight with it and um frugal I guess um but I guess I I don't know I just always think I'm like it's all out there mm -hmm. money is all out there and we make such a big deal about it it's almost like you have to take the pressure off and then it comes in and it and causes it, so much stress it causes the most stress yeah and yeah it's a tricky to topic to talk about and at the end of the day I think all these people want to be like rich but then it's like, why do you want to be rich? Because mm -hmm. I can show you pretty much every study about anyone that's won the lottery. Five years later, they've either killed themselves, they're in more financial hurt than they were before, or they're more depressed than right. they were before. Or same thing with like pro athletes. Yeah. How they drain their money in like five years and then they're broke. Yeah, <laughs> It's exactly. crazy. So it's more of like... I guess, and I was never taught about money, and I remember my parents fighting about money. Um, and, I, dude, it's just such a topic to, I think, that people should talk about mm -hmm. because it's like, at the end of the day, it's a tool. But what good does a hammer do if you don't know how to use it? Absolutely. Scared of it or mm -hmm. you don't want to use it. You so. won't pick it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, and I don't know. I feel like... Like we always like to say, nobody's advocating for you. Nobody cares more nobody's than you do. To save you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So you have to do this for yourself. Nobody's going to do it for you. Right. Exactly. And I think that's the most important thing to realize is 
you're hurting yourself or you're helping yourself and you get to make that choice every single purchase and every single day of your life. Yep. You vote with your money. You do. I don't know. Money is an interesting tool. So I feel like we could get really into it. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> we'll keep it at the basics. <laughs> yes. Pretty much moral of this episode. We just wanted to talk about that. Um, it's like you should talk about money. It shouldn't be a pain point, even though it is in relationships. And um, just try to educate yourself on it. Absolutely. Ed- educate and advocate for yourself. Always. Always. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time.